Hey guys, so today we're talking about quitting your job, strange teacher child observations, and reviewing my latest blog. So with that being said, here we go. Welcome to Stumbling Through Work, where educators figure shit out. I'm your host, Jerrica, and I'm here to explore and share the complexities of our work and to let you know you are not alone. Before we start, though, please follow this podcast and share episodes with others. You can find me on my website, www.jerichhuff.com, where you can find links to my social media and where I share information and tips for educators. Now, let's jump into today's episode. This is what I'm trying to figure out. How are people quitting their jobs and then still live in their life. I just want to know. They quit their job every other week, and they're still out here in these streets producing and going on vacation. If you are that person, please let me know. Leave me a message and let me know how you're surviving, because I really want to know. But, I mean, overall, I don't mind people quitting their jobs. I think it's a little bit... um, taking ownership of your life. When you say, you know what, I don't like the direction that my life is going or I want to make a change to my life, there's nothing wrong with that. Nothing at all. And honestly, all of our jobs working has an expiration date on it anyway. Hopefully, when you go into a job, you don't say, I'm going to quit this in a year, which there are people that do that. Or, But, you know, most people go into a job thinking, I'm going to do this for the next couple of years, rah, 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 rah. Whatever it may be. And the reason why I say jobs have an expiration date is because we're everyone's going to leave their job, whether it's by death or retirement. Um, Maybe it's for pay. You need another job that pays a little more, maybe um, promotion, opportunity, whatever it may be, relocation. But most most of our jobs are they're going to they have an expiration date on them. Even though all of this. When you leave a job, give someone ample time to replace you give them a two weeks notice at least that's that's just all that i ask that is the decent thing to do people for those of you all that don't know me i am an educational leader i've been in education for a while now and i've seen lots of things within the last year really the last two years but i'll kind of talk about the last year i've seen an uptick in the way people just quit their job with no whim I don't know if these people don't have bills, um, but I have bills. It sounds like they have more expenses, but I, I got grown people bills and I'm trying to figure out how they're doing it. But if you're going to leave a job, like I said, just give just give a notice. This is some of the things that I've experienced in the last year. Of course, there's the no call, no show. It's the, when I seen you yesterday, it was like, all right, I'll see you later. All right, see you tomorrow. Have a good one. What you doing tonight? Oh, nothing, blah, 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 blah. All right, see ya. Next morning come, we like, damn, where, where's she at? Just gone. That's so rude. Don't do that. Got me thinking you dead in a ditch somewhere. Here's another one of my favorites from this year. From this year. Um, I'm going to give you my two-week notice today. Okay, got it. This just isn't for me. I just want to try something new. I blah, 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 blah. Okay, great. Give it to, gives it to you in the morning. Goes to lunch. Doesn't come back from lunch break. Damn, who does that? Just gone. (laughs) Like, I would have rather for you not have, 
not to have given me your notice and just surprised me just when you didn't come back. But it almost just feels like you lied in my face, so I really don't like you. So next time I see you, I want to throw a pencil at you. Then there's the final day note where you didn't work the whole shift. You didn't spoke to me 15,000 times. And then it's the, all right, well, here's my, uh, here's my resignation letter. Today's my last day. Now, your ass knew this this morning when you were going to say something, but you made the decision not to say anything. True story. I had two teachers decide to give me their resignation letter. They wrote it on the same paper. But I think what bothered me wasn't the letter. It was the way everything went down. It wasn't even that. Let me, let me stop lying to y'all. That's not what happened. So what they did was one wrote, they both were in the same classroom. One wrote the letter, signed it, and then left and went home. Now, the other teacher was still there for a couple of hours. So the other teacher signed her name to it, and then she's about to leave, and she goes, Oh, by the way, today is our last day. Not even mad at that. I've never seen a double resignation before. This is the part that really pissed me off. You wrote that shit on my paper. The, 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 the big writing paper. The gray paper that you learned to write your letters on, you wrote it on that. That's what pissed me off. I was like, did you use my paper, our paper, company paper to write your resignation on? That's some shit you should have did on your computer and typed it up. Not in this ugly, non-cursive handwriting that you decided to write, but okay, whatever. That's what pissed me off. I was actually kind of happy that they left, but just the way people are leaving is just mind-blowing. And I get it, the great resignation, 2020, COVID, all of that had a big play in it. And I, I was a part of that. I remember saying, well, actually, to be honest with you, before even COVID, I was already thinking about leaving. I was just trying to plot out how I was going to do it. Then COVID came, March 16th happened. I think that's when the world went crazy. We were sent home for a little bit. I was cool with that. It was nice. It was just chilling at home. It was great. All these things were great. I remember getting the call about a month later and my boss called and was like, hey, we're about to come back. We're about to open your school, blah, blah, blah. I was so sad. And she goes, you don't sound excited. And I wasn't. And I gave some BS answer. That was when I still cared. Um, that's when I still cared to act like I care. And eventually we went back and I just hated it. I did. I was like, this is, I'm just not here for it. It was a several reasons, but I was just like, you know what? I need to do something else that makes me happy. I need something that's a little more challenging. Um, so I found something else and, you know, noticed and kept it pushing. That's what you do. You give someone notice, you write it out, you take the time to do it. But it just feels like now people are just, I'm done. I'm leaving. I'm just not coming back. I'm just like, who does that? Yes, I am a millennial. I'm in that weird, awkward phase of like doing old school things, but new school things. But that's just something that that's just who I am. I'm just going to tell you because I wouldn't want you to put me in that situation. Now, there's this whole quote unquote quiet quitting. But let's just be honest, it's nothing new. This is something that has been going on for years. We just found the verbiage to give it a name. Uh, but people have been doing this since forever. And really quiet quitting, in my opinion, just sounds like you are just disengaged. 
um, in your activity at work. You're just kind of doing the bare minimum just to get by, which I get it. I was doing that at one point too. But for me, I knew at that job, there was no promotion. There was no moving up. It just, it was what it was. It was kind of dead. So for me, that's why I was doing it. But when, if you're not disengaged, do like I did, go find another job, go do something else. What I don't understand when you're quiet quitting is people that work at a company and they want promotions, they want to move into something, they want to be mentored by somebody, they want to do something. Why would I take the time to invest in you if you're giving me piss poor work? I, I just don't understand and it doesn't make any sense to me. Then I read about something called quiet firing. I was like, oh, this is new. So... I'm going to read this to you all because I wrote some notes down to make sure I say it correctly. And it is when a company doesn't promote or give a raise when they do the job. Managers have nothing to fire you over and know you are effective, but give you nothing. No promotion, raise, nothing. When you ask about it, your boss tries to escape the conversation and never gives you a clear answer. So I guess one of the first questions is, do companies or are companies using your talents without investing in you? Hmm, that was really good. And I feel like I see both sides of that. Um, hmm. Every job isn't promoting, isn't a promote worthy job sometimes. And something that I've kind of noticed is people want to get these promotions, get these raises, but then you are quiet quitting. You're giving half piss poor performance and then you're turning around going, well, I deserve, I should get, I should get. And I'm like, why the hell would I give that one to you? I, maybe it's just me. Y'all correct me if I'm wrong. And I, I get it. Like some, there are people out here busting their ass. They are working hard. They're trying to do all of this to create a better life for themselves, to have a better career. I get it. I'm the same, but I can say that I actually do try. Yes, I missed a mark sometimes, but I do try. Some of these lazy, I'm just like, I can't with some of y'all. Y'all just feel entitled, which is another thing. And I'll say for me in my field, I've kind of noticed with 2020 and the great resignation, everyone is trying to find, like I said, the things that make them happy. And I've kind of noticed there's kind of two different type of people. We have the people that are new to the field. And within that is the two categories. It's people that have already had a career and they've always said, you know what? I've always wanted to be a teacher. So I thought I would quit my job and try it. So they're coming to the job with work experience already, which is a good thing sometimes and sometimes a bad thing. And then we have new people that are just graduated high school who have no sense of professionalism at all. And they're just horrible all the way around. But they have no experience, which could be a good thing and a bad thing as well, because there's no habits to break. So it's it's kind of either or when you get both. And the reason why I mention that is because this is what people are feeling um, that are hiring people. We're kind of getting we're kind of getting these type of people and they're coming with the entitlement. I deserve. I want. I want. I mean, I've interviewed people that have said, I want you know, X amount of money. And I'm like, wow, that's more than what I make right now. I mean, I would want that too, but, um, you know, back here on earth, come, come on down to earth one with us. Then there are people that just, just don't care. I mean, 
They just don't. But they want all these things. So the question that was asked, do companies use your talents without investing you? Guess it depends on the company, so I really can't answer that. Um, but can you really force a company to give you more? Mm, can't really answer that one. This is my thing. At the end of the day, if you don't like something, you don't want it, just go get your own. That simple. That way you don't have to answer to anyone. That way you can do what you want to do. Just go get your own. Then there you go. You don't have to worry about quitting. There we go. We figured that shit out. There we go. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe the way I look at things are wrong. I'm not sure, but you guys leave me a message. Just drop down. Let me know. Like I said, it could be me. Hey, I'm always down for someone to tell me and explain new things to me that I may not understand. I love sharing information with educators and program administrators. I have had so many successes, but also so many failures in my education tenure. I want leaders to know what not to do, but better than that, what to do. So, I decided to write a helpful guide, Best Practices for Center Program and Activity Directors. It's short and to the point. It's a compass to guide education leaders. These best practices will give you a foundation to lead your school, program, or organization. You can find best practices for center, program, and activity directors by Jer Cuff on Amazon or Amazon Kindle. Welcome back. So, as an educational leader, I have seen lots of things. I love when I get to see student interaction, teacher interactions, when they're positive, when they're working, when you can look and realize when a child goes, I got it, I learned, I get it, it's with me for the rest of my life. Wow, look at that, we made change. When the staff gets along, when they're leaning on each other, when they're relying and learning from one another, I think that's so impactful. When we have these great parent interactions, when the community gets involved, I think all of those things are amazing. That's what we live for. Uh, we're actually out in these streets creating social change. Great. Then there's some times where I'm just looking and I'm going, what the hell did I just see? I have had the opportunity to work in high school. I've taught in high schools. I've taught in middle school taught elementary school right now I am an administrator um, in early education um, I've been an administrator in high school I've done lots of things that I love and I have witnessed some crazy shit y'all I I think there are like three things that really really irk me more than anything and one is watching a teacher and child argue that is some weird shit I don't know if I, let me not say that. It's, it's so fascinating. It's the weirdest thing to me. Watching this grown adult argue with the child and that child can be 17. That child could be three. It's just weird to me. Let me tell you something. What you're not going to see is me arguing with the child ever. I don't argue with children. I what do, what do I look like arguing with a child? This grown man sitting here arguing with a child is not going to happen. I think 
what these teachers are trying to do or these educators are trying to do is get the child to understand, trying to get them to buy in. But you just end up looking like homie the clown at the end because you're arguing with the child. And if you're arguing with the child, who can tell who's the child? Don't do that because <laughs> I am so judging you and I'm definitely having a conversation with you after after your argument after your battle after your battle of the wits um with this child i'm definitely going to pull you to the side and it usually starts off with you know you were just arguing with a child right is usually how i will start that conversation what's weird to me too is when i see teachers that look like friends with their children that's strange to me once again from you can be 16 you could be four you can be friendly, but not be friends. And that's hard for some people to do because you're trying to get them to like you. You're trying to get them to respect you, but you're kind of doing the opposite. They're actually not really respecting you because they're not seeing you as um, someone that they should be looking up to, someone they should be looking for guidance. They're looking at you like, oh, you're my homegirl. We cool. I get what you're trying to do sometimes, but it's just not hitting the mark. And it just makes me uncomfortable. It just looks like some creepy shit. I said it. It just, mm -mm, no, don't do that. I, I just don't like it. And I think the last thing I think of all three, I'm trying to ask myself, do I have more? No, I just see some things that are, are a little questionable. But I think the last thing that really gets me is when I see teachers or educators be suggestive meaning they make suggestions, but don't give directions. They're not clear in their intent on what they're trying to do. So let me clarify that. Sometimes I will hear teachers say, oh, can you have a seat in your, at your, can you have a seat at your desk, at your seat? Can you come have a seat at the carpet? Can you, you're asking a question. Now, if that child turn around and look at you and say, hell no, you're going to have an attitude. I mean, I would have an attitude the child said hell no to me because of the hell part. But you ask them a question and they gave you an answer. They can look at you and say, no, I don't feel like it. And then they're the first ones to be complaining. This child doesn't listen to me. They didn't do what's on. So I told them to do. No, you didn't. You did not tell them to do that. You asked them a question and they answered it because you weren't clear. You gave them a suggestion, not a direction. Now. Yes, I'm a little old school, but even with direction, I do feel that those directions should have options. Notice the difference. Could you have a seat at the carpet or could you go sit in the science center? Whichever you want to do, that's suggestive. I'm sorry if I was in your classroom, I would not listen to you because you have no backbone. Now, this is what I would say. Um, I need you to go have a seat at the carpet or you can go have a seat at the science center. Which other, which one do you want to do? Notice I gave you options, but I was clear in my directions and what I needed you to do. Total difference. And it almost feels like you're when I see that or when I when I witness or hear that it comes off as the teacher is afraid to take authority within their classroom. But my thing is that's your classroom. It's like your house. It's yours. It's, it's your area. You control it. It, it just, I don't know. It, I, I watched, I observe and watch classrooms just go 
bananas because there's no clear direction on what's expected, what's supposed to happen. It's just everything is a, is a suggestion. It's like, nah, I may feel like doing it. Nah, I don't feel like it today. Man, nah, whatever. And I get it. Some of these things, they, they, they come with time. They come with experience. You'll notice your novice teachers, they're always the ones that are frazzled. They're the ones that stay you know, 15 hours when it's time for them to get off because they're trying to figure it out. And I think this is why it's really important for them to lean on the other teachers. Earlier when I mentioned about staff and how they should lean on each other and work with each other, this is why, because these newer teachers kind of need to learn some of these things. And, and some of it is just experience. I mean, sometimes you just got to fall on your face and, and sometimes it's not going to be comfortable, but hey, You'll figure it out over time. What's most important to me, though, when I watch these interactions, these relationships, the things that make me happy, is when someone takes the time to self-reflect. I think that's super important. You guys will probably hear me say this a lot. Everyone that I work with hears me. Hears me. Um, when I say reflection is very, very important. Because it allows you to think back to what worked and what didn't work. Or you could say it in a way, what helps you succeed and what is something else you need to work on. That's my PR skills. That's my, that's my HR skills right there. But self-reflection really, whether you're reflecting off of the day, the week, the year, whatever it may be. It could be this whole year was trash and we need to not do what we did or it can be, you know what, I tried this today and it didn't work tomorrow. I need to try something different. Whatever it may be, it gives you the time to really think about it and to correct what you did and to replicate what you did that was successful. Last week, I wrote a blog and it was about preparing for a coaching conversation. I love coaching educators. I, it's one of my favorite things to do. I love telling uh, best practices, giving them advice, things that worked for me. Because if I failed at it, I would like to tell someone else what not to do. Those things I really, really enjoy. But when I'm having these conversations, what I think is, why am I having this conversation? What do I want this person to leave with? When you have any type of coaching moment a conversation, whether it can be with an upset parent, it could be with a child, no matter whoever, whoever the conversation is with. Why are you having that conversation? And that's how you prepare for the conversation. There are six ways that I usually think that I've learned um, the type of conversation that I want to have. The first one is an agreement. I'm asking myself, what do I want this person to accomplish? What do I want them to be able to get? Or it could be number two, understanding. I want them to know or understand what my expectations are. I want to be clear about them. I want you to get it. The third one would be cooperation or collaboration. Um, cooperative learning, like how do we work together? What does that look like? I think the fourth one would be goals. And that's more of where are we going? Where, what are we aiming for? What is our target? The next one will be progress. 
How do we get to that goal? What steps do we need to take to get towards the goal that we're reaching for? Then there's an update. This is just where we currently are towards that goal that we're trying to get to. This should be the first thought when you are getting ready to have a conversation because this is how conversations become extra long. This is how they get off task. This is how you start throwing everything in but the kitchen sink and everyone tells you about all their problems and all the excuses and all the things that people have. If you have a clear goal or a clear reason why you're having the conversation, it, it, it guides the conversation. It guides the coaching moment. If you want to read the entire blog, just go to my website and let me know what you think. That's it for today. If you like this episode, it would mean so much to me if you left a rating, review, and subscribe to the show. I'd love to hear from you. You can visit my website, which is in the show notes, to contact me. And I hope you have a great rest of your week and speak to you all soon.